You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. Guys, there is a global movement of communities called Houses of Prayer who are gathering together for hours and hours every week just to worship and just to pray and minister to the Lord. It's an amazing phenomenon that's been growing in the 21st century, and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast if you've been with us before, but we're going to just really deep dive today into this idea of a house of prayer and really try to get a a sense of what God's doing, especially here in America. I've got my friend Brad Stroop on with us today as a special guest. Glad to be here. Brad, it's great to have you with us, man. Love you, bro. Yeah, it's it's so good. We just, uh, well, first of all, Brad is the director and founder of the Prayer Room DFW in Arlington, Texas, and I'll let him share about that here in just a moment. But we were just there together at an event, a leadership summit at his missions base there in DFW for House of Prayer Leaders. And it was a beautiful time together just a few weeks ago. So we're just kind of thinking about like what God's doing with Houses of Prayer across America. And we just launched with Presence Pioneers and partnership with you guys, a brand new website called House of Prayer Hub, which many of you have heard about. And so we're excited about that too. And so we're like, we just need to talk about it, loop all of you in on it and invite you into this. And uh, so, Brad, first of all, I'll just let you take a few minutes, introduce yourself. Some people will know you because you we've done this before, uh, and but some people may not. So just share a little bit about who you are and your ministry. Yeah. So I was a missionary in Africa before this all started, and the Lord called me off the mission field of ministering to Muslims, and I really didn't know what was next. And I had the shock of my life when one day in 2005, the Lord gave me this sovereign call to start a daily prayer meeting the next morning at 5 a.m. and not stop until he comes back. And that was just very much off my radar. None of those things made any sense to me. It wasn't really what I wanted to do with my time, but I knew it was an obedience thing. And so we started daily prayer meetings on September 13th, 2005, and we've never missed a day in 18 years. And it was a sovereign start. You can't just start a daily thing and it land and go forever right. without a little bit of help from God. So, I mean, it, it was like the Lord dropped the fire and then it was our job to keep it. And so for 18 years then, we've been a place that has prayer meetings every day. And pretty early on, we started to realize, oh, wow, this is more than just prayer meetings. We're supposed to be a, a house of prayer that's got more than one prayer meeting a day going. Let's build towards 24-7 was really the commission and conviction we had in our heart from the Lord. And so here it is 18 years later, and we've kind of added and added and added as we had the human resources, as we had the grace, as we had the joy of the Lord on it. And so crazy testimony, here we are uh, 18 years later after that uh, sovereign call, and uh, we're 22 hours a day with live worship. So there's just one wow. two-hour block in the middle of the night that we're, we're not active and, and have ministry going to Jesus. So uh, it's fun to be a part of this and then to connect with others like you that are doing similar things across the nation. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that story. And so appreciate you and your team's faithfulness. And the fact that you guys, because I was just there with you, you all are still happy. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 18 years of 5 a.m. prayer meetings, and you're all still happy and love Jesus Mm -hmm, and love each other. mm -hmm. It's beautiful. So we just had this great leadership summit together. I think there was maybe 150 people there, something like that. 
And I want want to hear how that went and get some of your thoughts on that and maybe what God was speaking uh, out of that gathering. But first of all, I thought it might just be helpful to just kind of clarify what is a house of prayer? What are we talking about when we say that? And you kind of started explaining it when you were sharing about your ministry. In your perspective, what is a house of prayer and why does this even matter what they are? (laughs) So I think You know, we get the term from uh, Matthew uh, 21, verse 13. This is Jesus says, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. Jesus got onto them that day. I don't think it mostly had to do with what they had turned it into. I think it is mostly what they had turned it out of. Mm. The temple was supposed to be a 24-7 place of prayer. That's why it was built. And so we use that term house of prayer. It's a biblical term. It's a term that maybe not everybody's familiar with yet, Yeah. but it's a term from the Bible to describe a place. We could call it a ministry that's trying to mostly have prayer and worship going on. And if other things occur, that's okay. But that's not the main focus is the other stuff. The main focus is the upward ministry to Jesus. It's the first ministry listed in the Bible is the ministry of man to God, not man to man. That came later. Mm. And so when we talk about house of prayer in our modern context, I always like to use the analogy of the house of knives at our local mall. You walk in there, it's called house of knives. You walk in there and it's like, you got a million different kinds of knives and there's some swords and there's some this, and there might be a couple Bic lighters up at the counter and a couple little trinkets. But by and large, when you walk into a house of knives, you're expecting to encounter a lot of knives. Right. On that same thought process, a house of prayer, not that we would be godly people meeting together on Sundays, that's incredible, but that doesn't make it a house of prayer. Not that it would have good teaching, not that it would have fellowship or discipleship or evangelism. Those are all incredible. But Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. So I look at that and go, that means that whatever that ministry identity is, and really that ministry expression, it's mostly prayer meetings. And other things can occur, but the foundation, the base of what it's about and what it does is prayer. And so, you know, I think everybody's in process because we're all part of a very different culture here in American Christianity. We're very much used to, we gather together on Sunday mornings, there's worship for 20 minutes, there's preaching for 30, a little bit of fellowship connect and we go home. And it's like, I think we're, we're still very infant in our understanding of what God mm-hmm. really wants for us to be as a church. I think he wants us to be a house of prayer that does those other things, does evangelism, yeah. does discipleship, but out of the overflow of us being a people of prayer. And so I think we're still early in our understanding on that. And so I understand that like we're all at different spots in that process. So any ministry that's going, you know what? We can do three prayer meetings a week and we're going to try to get to four as soon as we can. And they're with a vision of let's figure out how to prioritize prayer in an increased way while still doing the little bits of the assignments that the Lord gave us. I I wouldn't necessarily think that a house of prayer is anybody that calls themselves one. True. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's the criteria. And I, and I don't think that, you know, it's necessarily even that you value prayer or that you value individual prayer lives. The whole concept is that it's a corporate gathering of people together. And the rub on that is as busy Americans, we would really much rather stay home than gather into a building for a prayer meeting. And so it's a, it's kind of a challenging ministry concept to get busy Americans to travel from their home to, you know, in the midst of life and soccer games and dinner preparation and everything else, to travel to a building, to have a corporate prayer meeting together, and to do that 
three, four, five, 10, 20 times a week. Like that's, that's intense. So that's really what I'm thinking of when I, when I say house of prayer is anybody that's at the early stages of that all the way through the building uh, up of that. It's a very different ministry model, context, and objective uh, than what we're used to in the normal kind of American local church, which, you know, I pastor a local church and I am very, very grateful for everything that we have as a part of that. But there's something unique about this idea of believers gathering together on the regular at great cost to be together in prayer and worship for the worth of Christ. And then secondly, for his objectives. But uh, I don't want to think of intercession as the primary objective of a house of prayer. The primary Mm. objective is connect with the Lord. And then of course, as we do, we get a burden for the things that he cares about. So we pray for him. Yes. Yes. So good. I would love for you to share about the prayer movement. Didn't have this on our list, but I was just thinking right before we got on. And as you're talking about houses of prayer, this is something God is stirring in a profound way in our generation that we're alive. This is kind of a macro conversation today. We're talking about the house of prayer movement in America and leaders and summits and all that kind of thing. But like this is so personal and practical. And I'm just thinking about anybody that's tuning in today. I want you guys to be aware of what the Lord is doing with houses of prayer, with the prayer movement in the earth. And like this affects our lives. (laughs) This changes how we raise our kids. This changes how we allocate our resources. And this changes what we're going to do on Monday and our calendars and our schedules. And like you said, it's kind of intrusive in some ways. But when we realize that God is doing something really profound in our generation, and we can be a part of that, and God's inviting us and wooing us into that, uh, it's actually really exciting, and it's really worth it. And we go, why would we want to do anything else? So anyway, just give us a, a few minutes, if you can, keep it to a few minutes, <laughs> on sure. on the sort of the fact that there's a movement happening with these houses of prayer. Yeah. So I'll do the fast track history lesson. So in 1999, Mike Bickle and IHOP International House Prayer in Kansas City, they start they're doing 24-7 prayer in Kansas City. And there's a lot of ministries in America that have heard of IHOP Kansas City. And they became kind of the flagship for a movement, and not the only one, but, but there were been several across the earth that put their flag in the ground, and then others saw it and started to get inspired and started to do something similar in their own context. So little towns, little churches, big churches, big towns, big cities, all across America and really across the earth started to take their cues and go, well, we can do that. And so lots of ministries started uh, with this thought process of house of prayer, as I kind of described it earlier. Yeah. But then what's been fun is how many thousands of ministries across the earth have started not because they heard of IHOP Kansas City or some of these other flagships. They just felt the stirring of the Lord to do it. And fun little story, I was in uh, a situation where I was, uh, I've got a friend in Kenya, and he was doing ministry there, and he's American, but he was leading some crusades there, and a pastor reached out to him and said, listen, uh, we want you to come do these crusades, and, but we're also really excited about this other thing. God has uh, been speaking to a group of us pastors, there's about 100 of us pastors in Mombasa, Kenya, and we've, we got some land donated to us, and we're really excited because all of us are going to work together to have different groups from our churches all keep prayer and singing and praises and thanksgiving going all the time in this pavilion we're going to build on this land we were donated. And my friend that was connected to him said, oh, that's a great idea. That's awesome. So a house of prayer. And the guy said, what's a house of prayer? What are you talking about? 
<laughs> and this, this is the kind of testimony that's happening actually all across the earth because it's something right. that the Holy Spirit is stirring. So it's not just those flagship ministries uh, giving you know encouragement and permission to little guys and gals all across the earth. It's also the Holy Spirit speaking to individuals. Despite IHOP Kansas City, we were one of those. We didn't start because of Kansas City. The Lord told me, start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and don't stop until I come back. Mm. So I'll just end with this. Since 1999, and I just make that point because that's when a big one started, IHOP Kansas City, Yeah, there are now tens of thousands, it's probably hundreds of thousands of houses of prayer across the earth that are varying in size, varying in number. There, At one point, there were 500 in 500 different cities just in Indonesia that were all 24-7. Mm. I mean, this is the kind of, it's like, there were? I've never heard of that before. The Lord's doing something in the earth. And so... It's fun to get to help plow the ground here in America because, you know, I don't think this is a shock to anybody, but when it comes to spirituality, Americans, we're maybe behind in a lot of ways, some places in the church in the earth that's in persecuted regions that's really going for that's got a radical faith that just has no nonsense. One of our greatest battles in America is lethargy and complacency. We've always got to fight against it because we've got so many comforts. And so to help pioneer, and you're in the same boat. Here in America, where the soil's kind of tough, yeah. and we've got a lot of options and opportunities besides the House of Prayer, to see the movement in America growing is super encouraging. Very encouraging. I love that. I love that. That's a great story about the guy in, in Kenya. I love that. The pastors in Kenya. We're kind of focused on the United States today in our conversation, but we're also going to do a, an episode with Jason Hubbard who is over the International Prayer Connect, and he's super connected to the global picture. So we're going to do this one today and and kind of get a vision for what God's doing in the U.S., but then we're going to have another conversation in a later episode about sort of what's happening globally, because I know there's a big uh, World Prayer Assembly happening uh, in October, and and he's going to give us kind of a report after that. So I'm excited, because it's hard to keep up with, actually, because like you said, it's just the Holy Spirit is doing this in people's hearts. There's, there's no one who can network at all. We're, we all try to stay connected and discover each other, but... We do our best, right? We do our best. It's like this website that we just put together that I mentioned earlier. I, I, I'll mention it now, houseofprayerhub.com. HopHub uh, is... My wife came up with that, and I thought it was great. So that's what we went with, HopHub. And, and so what we've done is we've got a map of houses of prayer across America. You guys can go check it out right now. Find one in your region. And if you lead one and it's not on the map, then please let us know uh, on the website. There's a form you can fill it out and, and let us know there. But part of this is just trying to keep up and track what God's doing. And even just here in the U.S., that's a, that's a little bit challenging at times uh, to yeah. find all those people and get them up on the map. But we're doing our best uh, to keep up with it. And it's a lot of fun. So <laughs> A lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Let's let's talk about this summit that just happened there in Arlington. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the House Prayer Leadership Summit. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers 
will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Yeah, so one key is, you know, you said a minute ago that we're all trying to find each other. Uh, Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful and important part because it does feel kind of lonely to do this assignment because it's so different. It really is different than pastoring a local church. Uh, I both pastor a local church and direct a house of prayer. And directing a house of prayer is lonely and feels very interesting and different by comparison to uh, pastoring. Mm. And so, you know, about 10 years ago, I reached out to some other ministries that were leading houses of prayer that were running about the same amount of hours we were. I just wanted to find some comrades that were doing what we were doing and were kind of where we were at in the journey. I don't know how else to say it. Anyway, so I made some phone calls. It turned out they were all in the same boat that I was in, and that is they wanted relationships too. And they felt like they were on islands, even though they were leading uh, established you know, House of Prayer Ministries. Well, anyway, we formed this co-op together, and uh, we have become really good buddies. We get together a couple times a year, and rotate around at each other's bases. And a couple of years ago, we decided, you know what? What if like we've been doing this a long time collectively? We've got like a lot of years under our belt, like over a hundred years of like ministry experience in building the house of prayer. Like, what if we hosted a conference together as a co-op? And so we did one a year and a half ago, and it went great. And then we decided let's do it again. And so we just did this one here in September. Yeah. And our great. focus was all these houses of prayer that are out there uh, that are at various stages, like I described. You know, they're doing three prayer meetings a week, all the way up to whatever number. What if we got them together in a room, let them meet each other, facilitated some ways for them to really connect and not just brush elbows, but actually like connect and have some conversations and build some friendships. What if we created a context for that? And then while they were together, we gave them some equipping that could give them some practical tools when they went back home, they could actually do something that they learned. And then let's refresh the crud out of them. Because these poor guys and gals, they're out there getting beat up, you know, all year round. And so our, those were kind of our three objectives was connect people together, refresh them while they're here and equip them uh, to the best we could. And I think it went really well. Uh, we, we had 40 something ministries. I, I don't know that I think it was 42 or something like that. Yeah. Different ministries from across the country uh, that came together. And I'd love to hear your, how it felt for you, but it sure. just, it felt like like just old friends. I mean, it was, it was easy relationship building. And there was a lot of like laughter and camaraderie, even though a lot of these people had just met each other for the very first time. And that was a hope in our heart is that we could somehow collectively create a a setting where that would be easy. And uh, I think that it was people's reports back. We did a little survey asking people after the summit, you know, how do they feel this, that, and the other. And uh, it, it seems like it was a win. And during the summit, it for sure felt like that. So 
yeah those would be some of my thoughts yeah it was so good man so so grateful for you guys hosting it and organizing it and your team doing that in the midst of all the other things that you're doing but for me personally uh it was actually very refreshing and i think there's ways in which sometimes you get weary that you don't realize even that you're weary and uh for me the holy spirit especially during some of the worship times the last night when it was kind of extended worship and intercession the holy spirit really was just yeah just speaking to me putting his finger on some places of where my heart's kind of checked out or you know you just start growing discouraged disillusioned and really awakening some fresh vision in my heart even some new things speaking to me about some ideas you know th- that kind of stuff i read th- that last night of of worship I, Sometimes he really, God really wants to talk to you about your ministry. <laughs> sometimes he doesn't. And, you, you know, I don't know if you ever experienced this, you but, but the, no, sometimes I'm like, God, we need answers about this, 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 and this. I need wisdom. And he, he's, he's like, just sit and receive my love, <laughs> behold my beauty and trust me. And I was like, and then there's other times where it's you're like, always the right answer. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And there's other times where I'm like, God, I, I, I didn't come with an agenda today, but all of a sudden he has things he wants to show you and speak to you about. And that was kind of that for me that last night was he was like, hey, I got some ideas. I got some some things I want to reawaken uh, in your heart for your region. And so that was really cool for me, man, personally. Awesome, man. And uh, just just came back to our, our local prayer room here in eastern North Carolina and just encouraged and uh, with some just some fresh zeal in my heart, I think, too. And also mm-hmm. gratefulness, you know, there's things about our prayer room here that are, honestly, we have some resources that other people don't have in some of their prayer rooms. And so it gives you a little bit of, of thanks for that, if that's what you have. If you're struggling in certain areas, <laughs> it's encouraging in that way because you go, oh, wow, yeah. there's 50 other people and this is totally normal. We're all struggling <laughs> with this yeah. Yeah. and it's hard everywhere and it's beautiful everywhere and it's powerful everywhere at the same time. So all all those things, you know, and then just because I've, I guess, kind of been in this world for a little bit, seeing a lot of, you know, familiar faces there and and people I knew and getting to catch up with some old friends, that kind of thing is, is a blast. So yeah, it it was great. It was great for me. That's great. Well, that's kind of the same report we were hearing from everybody is Uh, maybe not as many of the old friends, because like you said, you've been around the block, uh, you know, for a minute, but, but everybody else was just going, the camaraderie was yeah. through the roof. It was beautiful. Yeah. And that camaraderie brought strength, not just new friendships and connections and opportunities, but it brings strength to just go, there are others out there. You know, we get into that Elijah syndrome sometimes and Lord's like, no, I've got 7,000 others hidden in caves too. So Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful thing for people to find each other and and then hear about each other's ministries and celebrate with one another. That was just really, really encouraging to uh, to watch and to be a part of. Yes. Was was there anything like big takeaway, especially in terms of like something God was saying or a sense of the state of the movement, so to speak, for houses of prayer here in America? Was there was there any kind of trend or, you know, theme that kind of stuck out to you from being there? You know, I wouldn't say there was one big one. I would say there were several small ones that maybe give the same answer mm. that make up the answer. So I think the highlight on family, you know, we said we wanted the summit to be about connecting to each other, but you can't make that happen. 
you can set the table, but you cannot make leaders connect to each other and have deep heart connects. That just, mm. that has to be a God thing. And it was happening like a lot. Yeah. And so I look at that and I go, I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit's highlighting is the need that we have for one another, for relationships, not just that we'd go to a summit once a year or something, but that there would be a growing level of family, camaraderie, enjoyment, learning from each other. I, I felt that highlighted, not just because it was an objective in our heart, but I was watching the Holy Spirit bless it and, and like highlight, no, this is in my heart, Brad. Yeah. And so I really, I love that. And I think that's a word for our movement. I also think that one of the things that stood out too was how many relatively simple ideas are revolutionary if you've never heard them before. And when you hear them, you go, oh my gosh, that makes things so much easier. I saw that. I saw those light bulbs coming on for yeah. so many people. Uh, I let a little breakout on what I just called simplified prayer room. And the, the gist of, the, of that breakout was, what do you do if you don't have any worship leaders? How do you be a real live house of prayer? What do you do? How do you make your prayer meetings enjoyable? And just sharing, like, for me, what felt like the most simple ideas, but if you've never heard them before, and people were hearing them and going, oh my gosh, this changes everything. We can go do that. And that's, I think that for me, the need for practical, simple equipping, not high and lofty, like really simple stuff. Like I would call training on the harp and bowl, like a level 10 equipping. Mm. I'm talking about level one, two, and three stuff equipping, just ideas and tweaks and, and little shifts on how to approach staffing your prayer room and ideas on how to administrate your, your prayer schedule and, and what kind of prayer meetings and styles can you pull off even though you don't have a lot of ABC123. So a, a big takeaway for me that's been kind of a growing theme in our movement is just how much practical equipping is so helpful and necessary because one of the things that the, the established reality of church planting has that our movement doesn't have yet is seminaries. So it's like you go to seminary to learn how to plant a church and then you go plant a church and you've got the theology, you got some you know things. You, you've also got church planting movements, ARC and others that yeah. have got strategies. I mean, it's, it's, it's church in a box. They will show you exactly how to go into a city and do it. And what are the mechanics? And those kinds of things don't exist to that level in the prayer movement. But in my opinion, Planting a house of prayer is about a hundred times harder than planting a local church. And so it's like, oh my gosh, we've, get, we've, we've hoisted the flag and said, everybody, there was a prayer movement. And then not offered the practical equipping on what to do and what steps to take and what pitfalls to expect. And then, of course, people are struggling. So the more of the practical ideas of nuts and bolts, building blocks that we can offer to people and that people can have access to in various ways, I think is essential for the prayer movement to move forward in America. Mm. Uh, so I'm excited about that because that's something I care about, but it's not just something I care about. It's something I see the Holy Spirit highlighting. And this summit was one more opportunity to go, man, this is something that like is valuable when people get practical tools on how to go home and do their house of prayer a little different, a little better with a little bit more of this or a little bit, you know, different idea. It is powerful to the heart of the leader. It gives them confidence to go home and like, take some ground for the kingdom. Those would just be a couple of my thoughts. Yeah, so good. I totally agree, obviously, with both of those. 
and uh, and thinks fantastic. I think those are probably two of the main points where you and I have connected on, yeah. even in our own hearts, the the need and the desire for. I like you. You know that. I like I really, you too, really Brad. Like- <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I think the need and desire for people, especially leaders, those who have you know that Davidic heart for their city and region to connect together in real relationships, and then training, equipping, resourcing all that God's doing, and so. We've we've tried to collaborate in, in a couple different ways and in, in different ways how to do that, and we'll keep doing that. And uh, and that's really uh, some of what trying to do through Presence Pioneers. I know some of what you're doing with the resources and events and stuff that you've hosted. And so maybe to wrap up, maybe we can just talk about some of those kinds of things and and how people can engage and how they can participate in this. Uh, we probably got some people that are leaders and some people that are not leaders who are tuning in. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I just want to encourage people. If you are looking for a house of prayer, if you're not a part of one already, go to houseofprayerhub.com. We have literally set this website up for you yes. uh, to find a prayer room near you. And uh, and it's worth driving, by the way. If there's if there's one an hour or two away, it's worth the drive to go visit and be uh, with some people who are in the presence of God, ministering to Him, praying, and and worshiping together there. Now, let's say there's some people tuning in who are already. House of Prayer leaders, we also have some resources up on that website for you if you're a House of Prayer leader. And many of those are resources, Brad, that you've put together. So I don't know if you want to say a few words about what you've done and what you have available. But Sure. Well, one, as soon as this call's over, I've got another Zoom call with the co-op that I was telling you about earlier that we hosted this summit together. And we're actually going to be debriefing this past summit and talking about the future. Uh, and so we'll see if there's another House Prayer Leadership Summit in the future. I would think that seems likely at this point. So those kinds of events are very helpful. So that'd be one point. Yeah. Uh, some years ago, I, I drafted a, let's just put some ideas down on paper about how do you build the House of Prayer? And I just called it How to Build the House of Prayer Handbook. And uh, people have found that helpful uh, that are in that leadership role of I'm building a House of Prayer. I don't exactly know what next step to take. Give me some ideas, even some bad ideas. I always talk about, you can always make a bad idea better, but it's hard to make nothing better. So take my bad ideas and make them better, you know? Uh, But there's a House of Prayer handbook that's available. And then in addition to that, uh, you know, I do some consulting and, you know, we've got opportunities for leadership teams of Houses of Prayer to even come and spend a couple of days here at our base with us. And so there's some ways to kind of connect, uh, you know, along those lines. Uh, and again, the, the consulting is I'll actually come and, and help a house of prayer do a conference and a, a consulting trip uh, to a location uh, just to try to be helpful for a weekend. Uh, but I will even throw out one more for everybody that's not necessarily in the leadership role. Yeah. But you're, you're wanting fuel. You're wanting to grow in this house of prayer understanding. Over the years, we've been doing this 18 years. And for 18 years, one of the greatest priorities for me uh, as the director here at our house is keep our people in vision because mm. uh, Proverbs says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And I have found that to be infinitely true about the house of prayer, more so than most things. And so we've made it a main priority for better part of 18 years to develop resources that are vision casting for our people about why keep coming to prayer meetings. What is the value of this? What what does this do in the human heart? What does this do before God? What does this do in the kingdom? How does this relate to the prosperity of my city? I mean, coming at it from a hundred different angles. And we've got 
I don't know, maybe a hundred series, not a hundred sessions, a hundred series for free on our website, tprdfw.com. And so there's just a ton of resources on there for those that are hungry and want to learn more about this movement and what what's kind of the fuel for it and stuff. So there's just a bunch on there that could be good fuel for those uh, that are just wanting to grow or keep their own hearts. Yes. I love it. Thank you for just releasing all those out for free, Brad. Appreciate that. I even have the sense as, as we're wrapping up here today that there might be one or two of you that are tuning in today, and maybe you don't have a house of prayer anywhere near your city, and God might stir your heart to start something. And you might need to gather some friends together. Brad started in his living room and gathering with friends for you know multiple prayer meetings during the week. And so some of you, that might be what God speaks to you to do. And we hope that this episode today encourages you to be obedient to how the Lord leads you in that, because I do believe that Malachi 1.11 says, in every place, incense will rise in a pure offering. And so you have biblical permission to let the incense of worship and prayer rise in your city and to gather together with your friends and to be the house of prayer Jesus has called us to be. So Brad, this has been awesome. Any, any final words? Man, I just want to uh, dovetail what you just said. I, I want to say, I think that the Lord gave me what seemed to be a very difficult word 18 years ago. But the more I think about it, and I'm now very grateful for all aspects, the more I think about it, I think it was actually genetics. I think it was DNA. Hmm. He said, start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and don't stop until I come back. And what I think that means as far as for our movement is daily prayer meetings. I think that that was the wisdom of the Lord. So if you can't do seven days a week, do five days a week. Tomorrow morning. I don't think you need to start tomorrow morning, but what I felt the Lord communicating with that is you don't need anything to get this started. You don't need preparation. You don't need a website. You don't need permission from anybody. You could start tomorrow morning. You could literally start this week without any website or group or you know board of elders or 501c3. Just start prayer meetings in your living room. And then the thought process of until I come back, just that we'd just be committed to do this indefinitely. It's not a it's not a fad. It's not for the summer. It's not while it's fun. It's not while it's this or while it's the weather's permissible. Let's do this for Jesus. And I'll just say, as we've been doing this for 18 years, I have found so much grace and joy and grace to overcome the aches and the pain and the difficulties and the rigor and people quitting. I found grace in it because I think I was really partnering with not just an assignment the Lord gave us, but really with permission that he's giving the planet right now mm. to start daily prayer meetings and continue them until. And so I just want to encourage all of you, if you feel even a little stirred by that, just do it. And start some prayer meetings and then figure it out as you go, because there are some resources available now. I love it. So good. Brad, this has been great. Thank you for coming on today, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.